today's episode of the SI Gambling Podcast is presented by the good folks over at DraftKings Sportsbook. We love DraftKings Sportsbook, and this week there is another full slate of games to look forward to. And luckily for us, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, has us covered with so many different ways to get in on the action. DraftKings Sportsbook is based right here in the United States, not offshore, so you know your funds are safe and secure. Plus, they have new odds boosts and promotions on your favorite sports each and every day. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet from wherever, whenever, so you don't even have to leave your house if you don't want to. And for those where sports betting is not yet available, head to the DraftKings app and check out all of their daily fantasy contests. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SI, the letters SI, when you sign up. And for a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to 1000 bucks. That's code SI to get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000 only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25x playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. This is the SI Fantasy Podcast. He's going to see his production decrease at least 15 to 20%, so I think he might actually be a fantasy bust in 2020. Head to SI.com slash fantasy for all the latest news, advice, and more to help you win your league. I look at his athletic ability, his explosiveness. He's very good in the red zone, able to get you those touchdowns. I mean, this guy had five touchdowns and 30 receptions. That's pretty much unheard of. Don't forget to subscribe to SI Fantasy Plus for even more content you won't find anywhere else. Every single running back in his first year as the featured back under Andy Reid dating back to 1999 has been the RB10 or better. How can we go wrong here with the glide guys? Here are your hosts, Corey Parson, Dr. Roto, and Michael Fabiano. Yo, what's up and welcome inside the SI Fantasy Podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, Dr. Roto, and Michael Fabiano now rolling with the team over at SI and doing a great job. I'm hearing great stuff, Mike, about the sit-start column every week. It seems like it's a fan favorite. Yeah, man, I appreciate that. It's something that I've been writing. This is my 20th year. There are other places that do it, including the one that I used to be employed by. That one is an absolute fake and a travesty to the name Stardom Sidem, which I've built for the last 20 years. So, uh, hey, man, I, I just hope that it's helping people win their leagues every single week. And um, so far, so good. Dr. Roto prescription notes go out each and every week. Do a good job with that stuff. Dr. Roto helping people win their championships. I log on into the community on Sunday morning, right? The SI Fantasy Plus community. And if you're not a part of that, you need to sign up and subscribe. And every question in there says for Doc. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure Doc right? is the man. I, yeah. I do what I got to do. But, uh, you know, most of the time, I always say this. I always want to be right. Just ask my wife. And I try my best to be right. Occasionally we're wrong, but we do our best to give the, the best information out there and to be accurate. I mean, and that's, uh, that's what people count on. No doubt about it. So we're getting into week three. Listen, let's get the stink of week two out of our memory and let's get ready to push <laughs> forward because it's not going to be no forfeits. Like Bill Parcell said, they still going to line up. The other team is still going to be there. So we let's start off with Thursday night football. We try to swing through all the games, get you some tips on it. Fitzmagic versus Minshew Mania down there in Duval County. DraftKings Sportsbook has the Jacksonville Jaguars, Mike, as three-point favorites. I'm looking at this game. The total is coming in at 48 and a half, and I don't see where the 48 points are coming from with these two offenses. 
Well, it's because neither one of the defenses is all that good. Gardner Minshew's playing at a very high level. Uh, he is in my top 12 quarterbacks for the week. So if you've got Brady or Breeze, for example, uh, heck, I'd play Minshew over Deshaun Watson this week. And in two QB Superflex leagues, hey man, Fitz Magic against Jacksonville? I think that's in play. Mm, Dr. Voto, what do we think this week when you break down and look at this game? What do some of the prescription notes tell you about Thursday night football between these two Florida teams down there in your neck of the woods? We like James Robinson, who's getting a whole lot of carries, and he's looked very, very strong. We like Mike Gisecki. I think he's in, he's a great play tonight, especially if you're doing some prop bets there at the DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm not so sure about DJ Chark. I think that he was he was injured last week, so be careful. He may play, but I'm not sure about his production. Keelan Cole has looked very good. And if you're always looking for a flyer, LaVisca Chenault is going to be used like a Percy Harvin type, if you remember that those days, where he's going to get a few catches, a few carries. He's going to be involved in that offense. Yeah, that's interesting, Mike. The Chenault thing is interesting. I saw him getting some carries last week. He finished like a running back. Right. Remember, when he played at Colorado, they were using him in the Wildcat formation. They would use him on jet sweeps. Like, he's kind of a, a jack-of-all-trades there on the offensive side, so the Jaguars can have some fun with him. You know, Doc mentioned Keelan Cole. He's looked good the first couple of weeks, and if DJ Chark is active, maybe not at 100%, which it appears to be the case, he could end up being a nice little play both in DFS and in weekly fantasy leagues. Interesting to see how this situation shakes out tonight. Um, later, a little bit later on today, we'll get down. Me, Frankie, and Ben Hosler will get on the SI Gambling Podcast, and we'll break it down, and we'll get you the Vegas Whisper play for this game. So you want to be involved with that? All right, let's get on to Sunday, fellas. This is an interesting one right here. The Las Vegas Raiders. Listen, Mike Mayock and Gruden, them boys, they took a lot of heat when they took over this organization. Took a lot of heat last year when they were kissing Antonio Brown's ass. Shout out to my man Antonio <laughs> Brown. I still, I still love AB84 um to death. You know what I'm saying? That's still my guy. So I hope he can can get back in the league this year. But now you got this Raider team sitting here, Mike, at two and zero, playing good football, beat the Saints in their home opener. But now the big test across the country for the New England Patriots. Yeah, this is a tough one. I mean, the Saints' defense is pretty darn good too so I was really impressed with Derek Carr but you know how Derek Carr goes mm -hmm. one week boy he looks like an absolute world beater and then the next week ugh, oh man that was an ugly performance so I'm fading him this week despite the fact he had a good game last week I think this is a chalk game you're playing Darren Waller going to be really interesting to see how New England defends him because he's their best receiver uh Henry Ruggs probably not a play for me this week and then of course Josh Jacobs that's an absolute no-brainer yeah, Doc, I like the way Josh Jacobs is running this year. Coming into the season, I felt pretty good about him. Um, listen, the young talent on the Raiders, it seems like they're starting to come together. I agree with Mike. I do worry about Carl at the helm of this team. And when you look at New England, it's going to be Cam left, Cam right, spike the football, touchdown, and let the defense play. All right. Knock with, you, knock, if, knock with me if you believe in the Raiders. I like the Raiders, and I'll tell you this. They run the football. Okay, when you run the football, it sets up everything. Now, this week, it's going to be very interesting because Bill Belichick takes away what you want to do best. So I know you guys are saying you don't like Derek Carr. I think this might actually be a car week because you know what's, what that, that Belichick is going to go in and try to stop Josh Jacobs, and he's going to try to stop Darren Waller. Because if you stop those two things, you have to put the ball in Carr's hands, and you've got to find the Ruggses of the world and the Renfros of the world. So don't be surprised to see Carr have a better day than you think. For the Patriots, 
couple of guys here that are flying under the radar. Damier Bird, I mentioned him on this podcast before. He played with Cam in Carolina. His snap totals have been through the roof. I mean, it's close to like 85% over the first couple of games, maybe even more. So I like him, Nikhil Harry as well. I mean, Cam slows a game down and Cam dominates by the goal, but I think you're going to see some players you're not familiar with score this week. What do you think about that, Mike? Interesting Damier Bird conversation right there. Demir Bird certainly got some looks last week. We also saw a little bit more of Nikhil Harry. Maybe he's ready to make that next step there. Demir Bird's more of a DFS dude for me or a deep league die for me. Uh, I don't know that I can get into him in a, you know, in a 10 or 12 team league. And I don't think Doc probably uh, is suggesting that some of the fantasy owners out there do that. More like DFS and someone to watch because as Doc mentioned, there is that rapport there with Cam Newton during their time together in Carolina. I'm really interested to see what happens in that New England backfield this week because, well, James White, the unfortunate situation with his parents, not sure what his status is going to be for the week. Sonny Michelle has just been ineffective. I wonder if they start using Rex Burkhead a little bit more this week and maybe he's sort of an under-the-radar type of play in fantasy leagues. Oh, we going to start. Exec, you're not surprised by Sony Michelle, are you? <laughs> Just throwing that out. Nah, there. Don't, hey, Doc, don't do that. I go. We going to start seeing the hashtag "Let Rex Cook" like we see "Let Russ Cook." Let Rex Cook. Very possible. <laughs> Rex Burkhead, uh, favorite of Matt Medica. Um, the Chicago Bears and Atlanta Falcons down there in the dome in Atlanta. Atlanta's laying three according to the DraftKings Sportsbook. The Bears come in there. I listen. Mike, I'm, I've made a lot of fun of this of this uh <clears throat> of this quarterback of the Chicago Bears, mm-hmm. MVP Mitch, for the past couple uh, months and basically the past twelve months really. <laughs> and I found myself picking up MVP Mitch in a league this week. And I'll be honest with you, I'm starting him over over uh, Kirk Cousins. Let's not talk about that too loud. Well, that's I'm starting. Smart. <laughs> I'm starting. I'm starting MVP Mitch this week. I do not feel good about it, but I think it's the prime opportunity. The matchup's right. Let's not get things twisted here, man. He was good in week one, at least in the second half of the, se- uh, the of that game. And then, you know, last week, okay, well, you know, it happens. It's it's not great for Mitch Trubisky week in and week out. But it looks like he's going to be the guy there, at least for the time being. And Atlanta's defense has been awful, all right? Look what happened to them in week one, Russell Wilson, last week with my guy Dak Prescott. Now, I understand that Mitch is not on the same level as Russell and Dak, but against that team... With an over-under that's looking very, very effective and very, very, let's say, positive from a fantasy perspective, I feel like Trubisky can give you 250 and two touchdowns minimum in that contest. Should be a high-scoring affair. And oh, by the way, Allen Robinson, get off the damn milk cart, all right? That milk carton's got to go away and get on there. I think this is a get-right game for A-Rob. I would like to see that happen for Allen Robinson, too, especially since I'm rolling Trubisky out there in one of my leagues. Doc, when you look at the Atlanta Falcons – um, and I'll let you get in and break down whatever you want to on the game, obviously. But is it time to sell Julio Jones? Well, look, I think this game is going to be, I mean, Fab said something interesting. Trubisky is not Russell Wilson. He's not Dak Prescott, right? And Atlanta has been good at stopping the run. So if they can stop David Montgomery, right? Now you're putting the ball in Trubisky's hands and we're going to see how legit MVP Mitch really is. Can he find Robinson? Can he find Anthony Miller? We'll have to see. I'm not so sure. I think Grady Jarrett's going to sack him a couple of times. For Atlanta, Julio Jones, I think, is injured. 
And I think that he will play. That's what he does. He shows up and he plays on Sunday. He won't practice all week. But I think on that throw by Russell Gage, he pulled something there. I think Julio will be more of a decoy. But watch for Hayden Hurst this week and watch for Russell Gage. Chicago has not covered the tight end very well in the first couple of weeks. Both Hawkinson and Engram had games against them. And Russell Gage has been one of the surprises. So if you're in a deeper league and you're looking for a receiver, I think Gage may surprise you. Know, Mike, you know, Mike, you know, we've all been big on Calvin. Ridley coming into the season. Mm -hmm. I got Calvin Ridley on 75% of my teams, and I'm very happy with uh, the production from Ridley so far. Number one receiver in fantasy football, and it's not even close. But the name Gage has come up a couple times. How do you feel about him? He's looked good. And Atlanta's, uh, listen, Matt Ryan's thrown the ball, what, the second most times in the National Football League over the first couple of weeks? They're going to throw it. I mean, it's not good for Todd Gurley, who didn't get a target last week. That's another story. But they're going to throw it, man. And Heck, there are clearly enough opportunities in this passing game for Julio and Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage, and then hopefully a little Hayden Hurst in there mixed in for all these guys to be productive. I mean, we saw week one, all three wide receivers had nine catches over 100 yards. Like, how many times does that happen in the National Football League? So, especially if Julio is at less than 100%, maybe he's inactive, maybe he's a guy who's going to end up playing more of a decoy role. Russell Gage is going to be worth a look, man. I mean, two straight weeks. Not saying he's going to have a monster game in week three, especially if Julio's able to go. But is he worth rostering? I mean, absolutely. And if you play in a lot of leagues like I do, where you're having to fill two to four flex positions, he is absolutely in the mix. You have Todd Gurley as a sit this week, don't you? I do. I didn't like what I saw last week. And even the week before, the the carries weren't plentiful. He had that touchdown. Otherwise, he would have done nothing. He's not targeted in the passing game. Guys, I think we can all agree. If Gurley is not going to get used as a pass catcher in this offense, much like he wasn't last year, and he's going to average 3.3 yards per carry, he is going to be super touchdown dependent. And last week, he didn't get in the end zone against Corey, our beloved Dallas Cowboys, and he put up a stinker, right? So Chicago this week, I'm not saying their defense is great. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game, but... I don't like the fact that Gurley's not getting involved in the passing game, and that's got to change if he's going to have any kind of consistent value for fantasy fans. Doc, Doc, would you start David Montgomery over Todd Gurley this week? I wouldn't start either of them this week. Okay. (laughs) I really don't. I really don't. I wouldn't start either of them. I hated Gurley. I told you guys that. I would never have drafted him in the third round. And when he's not being, as Fab said, when he's not being used in the passing game, and he can't run for more than four yards at, at, at all. So why would you throw him the ball, by the way, when you could throw it to Ridley, Gage, Hurst, or Julio? It makes no sense. So it doesn't even, he doesn't even fit their scheme. I, I'm not going to lie. I think Ito Smith fits their scheme better than Todd Gurley does. I think Gurley was a name, and I think Gurley's a big goal line back, and I think people down in the ATL love him, but I don't know whether he fits that offense. Montgomery is a different player. I like Montgomery a little bit, and if Chicago gets a lead and if they're in the fourth quarter, they're going to give they're going to ride him. But look, he's he's a He's not a pass catcher either, but I think that he's more involved, more integral to their offense. San Francisco Giants still out on this neck of the woods, back at the Meadowlands and that turf that they complained about last week, not feeling confident playing in it. They have a New York Giants team that had the big injury hit with Saquon Barkley, now done for the season, Fabs. Danny Dimes and the crew welcome in the San Francisco 49ers old school NFC rivalry. Not much at stake this time, though. What do you think about it? <laughs> By the way, Doc, did you did you did you hear Corey say San Francisco Giants? It's baseball season still, right? <laughs> My Yankees are looking a little bit better here, but um, th- this game is there's a lot of dart throws that are going to be going on in this game, right? So uh, if, if George Kittle can't play because of the turf issues, then Jordan Reed's going to be a dart throw, right? 
any Niners wide receiver is a dart throw. Golden Tate's somewhat of a dart throw. I think Darius Slayton's probably going to be active with Sterling Shepard now on IR. Evan Ingram's going to be active as well. Any Giants running back, dart throw. Daniel Jones, probably not going to play. I'm really bummed out about Daniel Jones because I really liked him coming into the season. Everything's gone wrong. Not only has the schedule been unkind, which we knew going in, but I mean, he lost his top backfield mate in Saquon. He's lost Sterling Shepard. The offensive line hasn't done him any favors. It's really been a tough start for Danny Dimes, so I can't play him. But this is the dart throw game. You're probably playing the Niners defense in this one, although it's going to be really interesting to see what they can or can't do, you know, without so many of their top options, the key components there, you know, Solomon Thomas and, and Bosa and, of course, Richard Sherman. So that game might be a bit ugly, my friends. Doc. Evan Ingram is Bigfoot. <laughs> He's Bigfoot, Doc. Seen, heard about the talent for years. I have yet to see it. Well, Fabs didn't even give you my favorite two dart throws in the game. My favorite two dart throws belong to the 49ers. Firstly, Jarek McKinnon. Oh, man. I, I like him. Yeah, this week. Right? Opportunity. And then a guy who I think is so sneaky that maybe the sneakiest play of the week. I'm throwing it out I here know, right wait, now. Let's say it at the same I'm time. I'm not giving you the right, bookie. I'm not giving let you me the Let me say bookie. if we could say it at the same time. You ready? If, if we're thinking about the same guy. All right. All one, right. one, two, two three. three. Jeff, Jeff Wilson. Wilson <laughs> right? Jeff Love Wilson's it. the dude. Right. And he is going to be used way more than people expect. And he's got a nose for the goal line. Right. Remember, when when all these guys were injured last year, Wilson was getting two and three touchdowns per game. And people are like, who is Jeff Wilson? Well, look, they're going to run the football. They're going to keep the giant defense is terrible. Nick Mullins is going to be as conservative as can be. And I think McKinnon and Wilson are both in play in seasonal and in DFS for the Giants exec. Angram, I have no interest in. The only guy I really like on that team right now is Slayton. And I'm going on record by saying the following. I think anybody who spent over 60% of their fab money on Devonta Freeman is going to be severely oh, disappointed. Yeah. Mm. This guy's not even going to play for a couple of weeks. You have to get into game shape. It's one thing to be in shape. It's one thing to be in game shape. Now we're looking at what? Week six, week seven, crappy offensive line. This is a mess. Big waste of money. No, Devonta Freeman, the ski mask way. <laughs> <laughs> um, shout out to Devonta Freeman, though. You know what I'm saying? Um, hey, Fabs, when you was out there at NFL Network, you know what I'm saying? You ever, uh, you ever, you ever get a chance to meet? Uh, I know you get a chance to meet some of the big uh, NFL fans and stuff like that. You ever met Snoop Dogg, big Pittsburgh Steelers fan, Snoop Dogg? No, he was he was there uh, several times while while I was there, but I never met Snoop. All right, cool. Well, the Houston Texans and the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, play this weekend. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook has the Pittsburgh Steelers at a four point favorite in this one. Deontay Johnson looking good. Chase Claypool, as Doc mentioned last week. Uh, as the guy that's earlier this week that's coming along, and you look at the Texans, they're not playing good football right now, but I think I got to get Will Fuller going. I don't know what the hell is going on with Will Fuller. I can't have a donut in my lineup. But do you want to play him at less than 100% against Pittsburgh? No, I don't. That's what I'm talking about, man. Will Fuller, we all got excited about him in week one. He was great. Top targeted guy for Deshaun Watson, and holy cow, he is going to be tremendous. And then guess what happened, my friends? In week two, we all got a smack of reality right in the face because Will Fuller can't avoid injuries. And he's going to be an up and down dude all season long. And it's a hamstring ailment. And you know how those things can linger. And uh, talking about a dude who's not durable to begin with, ooh, Will Fuller's a fade for me this week. Yeah. Can I give I, a shout out to my man, Sean Childs, because he came up with a concept here, which is not re revolutionary, but I think it's really smart. The Texans have been obliterated 
on the ground the last couple of games. Okay, terribly, right? So Baltimore and Kansas City. Now the Steelers come in and you, this feels like a James Conner week. It does. It feels like one. But Sean said something I thought was interesting. Well, what do you think the Texans are working on in practice all week? Stopping the run. Well, what, do you, what can Ben Roethlisberger do? Uh, only throw the football to Deontay Johnson and to Juju and to Claypool and to Ebron. I think the Steelers are going to have a big week this week. And I think that the Texans are in major trouble and just put Bill O'Brien down for someone who should be fired by week eight. Hmm. I wonder who they're going to get to be the new coach of the Houston Texans if Deshaun Dr. Watson. Rodan. Ah, that'd be good, Doc. I'd like Doc. to see that. Just make sure you keep that mask on, or they'll fine you a hundred grand. <laughs> <laughs> you should. Uh, you should be allowed to talk to your players. Um, can you talk to them in practice all week? You know what I'm saying. So I'm sure nobody's there monitoring that. But anyway, the Seattle, the Cincinnati Bengals come to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles, and the Eagle fans are waiting to see Joe Burrow get his first. Uh, to see Joe Burrow get the victory versus um versus the Eagles. Um, I tell you what, Mike, I'm looking at this game right here. This is a tricky spot, but I do think Philadelphia can pull it off. They are a five-point favorite in this one. Miles Sanders and kind of like in, in the two tight ends. And Carson Wentz, and it's kind of like, listen, the, the, I hate to say this is a must-win. This has to feel like a must-win for Philadelphia right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the division is not good, and, and the Cowboys are probably going to win it by default, even though our defense is just hot garbage. But you would think Philadelphia is going to come out, especially uh, you know, Carson Wentz has been questioned this week about decision-making. There was an issue with uh, Doug Peterson and a reporter uh, at a recent presser where the reporter is basically saying it looks like uh, you know Wentz is having issues even with the easiest uh, of passes in games, and, and Peterson sort of uh, went back at that reporter. But – Wentz has got something to prove. Here's the issue, though. I mean, the Eagles are banged up, man. This is a Miles Sanders game if I ever saw one. He is going to absolutely dominate. Last week, Cincinnati gave up 50-plus fantasy points to Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. It's probably going to be a Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard game as well. We know Jalen Rieger is going to be out. So uh, the Eagles are going to have to go to their bread and butter, and I think that's going to be Miles Sanders and their tight ends this week. Doc, the thing with Philadelphia is you know who the pieces are. You know it's the two tight ends. You know it's Miles Sanders. The problem is the dude that's in, it's responsible for orchestrating that. Sometimes he scares me. Well, I mean, look, they, they're playing aggressively, and I think the guy that the Eagles have to get involved is Deshaun Jackson, right? We need to have one of those Deshaun Jackson weeks. Now, Fabs is completely right about Sanders in a great matchup, and of course we know about the tight ends. But I think you got to get your receivers and your downfield, and you got to make big plays. And I think if they do that, it'll help. Now, I'm really watching the Bengals because the Eagles are a funnel defense. And I think Darius Slay is going to be on A.J. Green, right? The Eagles also have a very good run defense, which may negate Joe Mixon a little bit, even though he may make for a very contrarian play if you're playing on DraftKings this weekend. But Tyler Boyd and Drew Sample, remember what Tyler Higby did last week? So I think these are names to, to look for. And this could be a Joe Burrow week because the only way that you're going to beat the Eagles is through the air because it's very hard to run on them. Mike Fast, when you look at the Bengals side, is there anybody I see that on in the start sit? You had uh, I believe Tyler Boyd as a start and AJ Green as a sit. Yeah, I don't like the matchup for Green this week against Darius Lee. I understand he's getting targeted a ton. I mean, he's in the top five at wide receiver in targets, but he's not even in the top forty in fantasy points among wide receivers. Jesus, so he's not that's getting not a good the job look. done. It's unbelievable, right? So Boyd is a guy I'd play because he's probably going to avoid Darius Slay this week. Drew Sample's a little bit of a deep sleeper for those of you who like to play in those DFS leagues because we've seen one thing in the first couple of weeks from Joe Burrow. He likes to target the tight end. It was C.J. Huzama. Now he's out. 
Sample came in last week, played very well, got a bunch of targets. So keep him in mind. Mm, Drew Sample, write that name, etch that name on your kitchen table. The Los Angeles Rams and the Buffalo Bills, Mike. Yo, here it is. Here it is. This is this is your 2020, Josh Allen. It's pretty easy beating up on the Jets and yeah, and, and yeah, you know what I'm saying. But now it's Aaron Donald and the gang, and it could get a little interesting. This is this is a is this a is this a I don't want to say is this a proven point right here for Josh Allen and the Josh because a lot of Josh Allen backers out there right now. I know, I know. I think Josh Allen proved that he's pretty damn good at the end of last season. I remember his schedule got real tough, and he was still putting up very good numbers, including a game against New England on the road where he had over 20 fantasy points, but. He, he is not as attractive a play this week. I'm still playing him. I mean, he's been just absolutely tremendous. But the Rams gave up one touchdown pass to Dak in week one, and then Wentz did next to nothing last week. So the matchup's tough. You're playing Stephon Diggs, although it's going to be a tough one against Jalen Ramsey. I want to see what Robert Woods does in this game because this is a revenge game. Remember, he was originally with the Buffalo Bills. I love the revenge game narratives, and I'm very interested to see what he does. Also really interested to see what that backfield looks like in Los Angeles because Malcolm Brown was the guy in week one. Last week, he got hurt. Cam Akers got hurt. It was Daryl Henderson. Looks like Akers is very questionable for this week. Malcolm Brown should play with the finger, but do they stick with Daryl Henderson? That's a big-time question mark. I'll tell you one thing. I'm not playing Malcolm Brown this week, but that's one of those very confusing backfield situations that are unfortunately littering the National Football League right now. And the Buffalo Bills backfield, Doc, we got Zach Moss kind of banged up. Devin Singletary could be in the primetime role. What do you think about this game moving into it? Yeah, I think that uh, this is a big game for for Josh Allen because you, you've got Aaron Donald who's rushing and you've got Micah Kaiser in the middle and you've got Jalen Ramsey on the back end. So, I mean, and the Rams are playing very well. And if the, the Rams control the pace of this game, but I think this game may really come down to injuries. And so I say this. Tredavious White, questionable. Tremaine Edmonds, questionable. Matt Milano, questionable. If these guys are out, it changes the game immeasurably. Look what Mike Gisecki did last week when, when those guys were out. What do you think Tyler Higby is going to do? He's going to put up similar numbers. So in terms of the running backs for the Rams, I think Henderson gets the most run. I think Malcolm Brown and his club hand will probably be out there, will not play Cam Akers. Uh, I do like uh, Bobby Trees, as uh, Steve Renner likes to call him. I think it is a revenge game narrative. But I think this, look, for, for Buffalo, I'm worried about Zach Moss. I think this is more of a Singletary game, but I do worry about that passing game because I'm, you're, they're going to see Troy Hill and Jalen Ramsey are going to cover Diggs and Brown, so somebody else is going to have to step up. going to be interesting to see how this one plays out. Washington football team travels to Cleveland to take on the Browns. DK Sportsbook has the Browns laying seven, seven-point favorite Cleveland Browns. I think Washington's a live dog, Fabs. I think Dwayne Haskins and Scary Terry get it rolling this week. Yeah, Haskins after what he did last week against Arizona. I mean, he was a must-start regardless. This is a guy that a lot of people out there, including myself, thought was going to be one of the big breakout wide receivers in fantasy football. The backfield got a little bit of clear clarity last week, although I don't know if that's going to be the case this week. Antonio Gibson looked very good. He got the majority of the touches this past week. It wasn't Peyton Barber. It was a little bit of J.D. McKissick. So uh, to me, Gibson is a nice flex starter in this contest. What do you think about this one, Doc? You got the Browns and you got the football team. <laughs> yeah, funny. I think for the football team, I think Gibson has really stepped up. A lot of people are down on him, but let's understand the Eagles run defense is good. What did you expect was going to happen? He looked a lot better last week. I think it continues this week. I also think people are forgetting Logan Thomas 
right? I mean, look what the uh, Bengals uh, tight ends did. Logan Thomas is out there for a ton of snaps, and he's getting a lot of looks. I like McLaurin, but not as much as the other guys for Cleveland. Uh, look, it's hard to run the ball against the Washington football team. Their fronts, their front guys, Jonathan Allen, Chase Young, they're active. This may be a very big Kareem Hunt week. And then look, throw the ball to Beckham, throw the ball to Landry, throw the ball to Austin Hooper. If you're an Austin Hooper you know, manager, you're, you're, you're frustrated right now. So it'll be interesting to see what Baker does because he's going to be pressured all game long. Now nah, it's going to be a ton in his face. Tennessee Titans, Minnesota Vikings, uh, uh, the Vikings quarterback sucks. Um, <laughs> real bad. Just come on and say it, Corey. That's like right. real bad. <laughs> like you know what yeah. I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at some of these stat lines, and I'm like, okay, that was that was a a swing and a miss right there. But Tennessee, listen, they're playing good football. What do you think? Well, you would hope that Derrick Henry can get things going, right? Because the first couple of games, I mean, I know he had over 100 yards in Week One, but he had 31 carries, and then last week kind of disappeared. So. You would hope that this is going to be a Derrick Henry game last week. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, of course, did very well. Boy, I tell you, I've got him ranked third right now among running backs. Tennessee, though, Ryan Ryan Tannehill's the most disrespected dude in fantasy football, all right? He's Rodney Dangerfield. Since week eight of last year, he's the QB three. Three, okay? And he has more points than Mahomes. So he's been very, very good. Here's the issue, right? If Corey Day, or excuse me, if A.J. Brown is out again, which it looks like, Johnny Smith and Corey Davis, and Adam Humphreys all have some value. Minnesota's defensive backfield, not very good. So, if Tannehill's throwing the ball to his guys here, you know, how much is Derrick Henry going to be utilized? I still say he gets 20 to 25 carries in this game. But Tennessee's offense, I know that they run it through DH, but they have got some weapons in the passing game for Ryan Tannehill. He showed that last week with four touchdowns. Doc. I like this phrase that Mike uses. He says somebody's singing for their supper. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, Corey Davis is singing for his supper this year, and um, he's hitting those high notes right now. Yeah, he is. But, you know, remember, <laughs> what, when you think a guy stinks last week, now all of a sudden he's in play this week. So I, I think if you're looking for a sneaky, sneaky uh, play on DraftKings, it could be Corey Davis. Yep. I think Derrick Henry scores. I do. I think he scores this week. I think he let a lot of people down last week when he was very highly owned. So I think that he's uh, he's certainly a guy that I think will score. But look, both these teams have to come up with an offensive identity. The Titans have one with Henry, but they have to throw the ball more than 24 times. It's a Tannehill so effective, 18 for 24 and four touchdowns. But still, in the NFL, you got to throw the ball 30 times, something like that. Shake it up a little bit. For the Vikings, free JJ, free Justin Jefferson. You cannot win in the NFL with one receiver. Adam Thielen is great, but Irv Smith is not doing anything. Kyle Rudolph is not doing anything. BC Johnson's not doing anything. You drafted Justin Jefferson. He has to start to play. And until this happens, Minnesota's going to struggle. Yeah, Minnesota is struggling big time right now, and it's going to be interesting to see if they can pick that up. They got one of the top teams in the AFC coming into their building. Let's hurry up and uh, run through the 4 p.m. Eastern time start coming up this Sunday week. Number three, New York Jets, Indianapolis Colts. Colts lane 11 at home. Jonathan Taylor should have a big one, right, Mike? Giddy up, man. I love him. I It makes me sick. It makes me sick every single day. Uh, that I, and, I, and none of us could have seen this coming, right? But that I had... Todd Gurley and David Johnson and James Conner and the like ranked ahead of Jonathan Taylor because I was concerned about Marlon Mack and Naheem Hines. Now it just every day it makes me absolutely sick uh, that I had a chance to draft him. Everything is hindsight. It's 2020 at this point, but he is a must start again. I have him ranked third among running backs uh, at wide receiver. T.Y. Hilton, catch the damn ball, please. 
Can you do that for me? Because this is the Jets. They stink. So T.Y.'s in play. Hell, Mo Ali Cox is in play this week. He looked very good last week uh, in, a, in a game against Minnesota. So get him. You, I know we don't talk about kickers on this show very much. Okay. Rodrigo Blankenship. This guy's been one of the best kickers in fantasy football. If you're rolling with a big name guy who's not getting it done, grab that rookie. He's done very well. I got to talk about kickers in here, man. I'm about to say, Mike, I don't hate not. kickers. I don't hate kickers. I give people advice. Don't sit on the kicker because he's a big name. Blake has been pretty good, man. All right, I'm done. And by the way, Colts defense, by the way, giddy up. Get him in your lineup. Uh, Doc, let's uh, move on from the kicker conversation and talk about <laughs> the players that make a difference. What, do you what think are you about talking it? about? Have you ever had Justin Tucker give you 20 points in a week and he wins for you? Come on, exact. Yeah, what we, we got? What we, we got, Doc? We like Jonathan Taylor uh, a lot, and there's nothing not to like. Uh, and, and I think after that, look, Hilton needs to make a play, but Michael Pittman's going to be out there. I know they're talking Zach Pascal, but I'm not. I'm talking Michael Pittman, who looked pretty good at the end of last week, and I think this is a really good week to get him involved in the offense. Uh, outside of that, look, I don't want to play Philip Rivers. Moali's fine, but I really I, that's kind of a reach for me. For the Jets, I want to play no one. There you go. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. No one at no all. One. What about Braxton Barrios, the slot receiver? <laughs> Good point. I stand <laughs> team league, I'm playing Braxton Barrios. <laughs> or, or Chris Hogan. Come on, Doc. No? No love? Chris Nothing. Hogan. Shout out, to, shout out to Rocky Marciano. I'm messing um, with <laughs> Carolina Panthers and the Los Angeles Chargers. Justin Herbert by default. And Mike Davis, huh? <laughs> Mike Davis, he was a hot pickup off the waiver wire. And well, I mean, no CMC. So I've got Davis in that flex starter conversation. I mean, the matchup's not tremendous, but last week we saw that uh, Carolina is not going to uh, push him off the field when it comes to playing in games where the game script means throwing the football. He had eight targets, eight catches last week. So he's probably the, the best option in Carolina this week. DJ Moore is obviously in the mix. Robbie Anderson's obviously in the mix, but the matchup is not great for either one of those guys against the Chargers in that really tough defensive backfield. What are we thinking, Doc, about this contest right here between the Panthers and the Chargers? I think the Panthers can go in there and give them a little bit of run for their money. Um, I think the Chargers defense is really good. So, I mean, look, the Chargers run defense is the best in the NFL. So as much as I like Mike Davis and I do, he's going to have to catch the ball this week because he's not going to be able to run for more than about 30 yards. Um, in terms of the receivers, you got Casey Hayward and Chris Harris. I don't know, man. I think this is a rough week. I do. I think this is a really good week for Keenan Allen Roto exec. We remember uh, him. I love yeah. him. And I love my my guy, Josh Kelly, this week because we know oh, that the yeah. Panthers can't stop oh, yeah. the run. So I think Kelly scores this week, and I think Keenan oh, yeah. Allen has a week. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Denver Broncos in Denver. Place Tom Brady is used to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers laying six. Broncos coming in without their quarterback, without their top wide receiver. I'm seeing KJ Hamler's name, Mike. But do you trust him? I mean, nope. that's right. So it's a sit, sit back and wait for me this week with Hamler. There's enough good wide receivers that you could plug off the waiver wire. Uh, he's more of a desperation city situation for me. No offense, the guy. He's been great the first couple of weeks. No Cortland Sutton for the rest of the season. So Fan is a guy who's quickly emerging as a must-start tight end across the fantasy football landscape. Jerry Judy, now on the positive, the targets are going to be there because Sutton's out. Negative, he's going to draw number one corners now a lot. So let's see if that rookie without a preseason can actually be effective on a week-to-week basis. Uh, you're going to roll with Melvin Gordon in this contest. He was very good last week against Pittsburgh despite the tough matchup. Made a hell of a catch in the end zone there. And let's 
let's not give, I mean, Jeff Driscoll looked good. Like Driscoll is not going to be, you know, the second coming of Tom Brady in terms of a backup quarterback coming in and being the goat. But I remember last year when he was the backup in Detroit, he was pretty good. Uh, the, I, he had one game in particular that it was an absolute monster. He can get it done. If you're in a two QB league or super flex league, I think you could do worse, maybe not much worse, but you could do worse than Jeff Driscoll. Hey doc, I think the Broncos got a fighting chance. Broncos have no chance. Okay. So let me <laughs> tell you why. No chance. First of all, I told you guys before that Carlton Davis is the next shutdown corner, and he is, right? We've, he's shown that over the last couple of weeks. The, the Bucks defense is very good and is very good at stopping the run. So now when you take Melvin Gordon out of the game, now you got to start passing the ball, which now opens up some issues for Driscoll. So I think the Buccaneers defense is a fantastic start this week. Yes. Now for the Buccaneers, okay, a couple of things. Firstly, Mike Evans has a size advantage over Bryce Callahan. Callahan's like 5'8", Mike Evans is like 6'5". So as much as I like Callahan, who I think is, is a spark plug type of corner, he can't match up with Evans. And then Godwin is Godwin, who I think is really going to have a day. I think this is a week to have Tom Brady. I know if you were ever going to try Brady, this is a Brady to Godwin and Evans week. If it doesn't work out for Brady now, then we might have to drop him for Gardner Minshew and things like that. Uh, Minshew magic. Detroit Lions and Arizona Cardinals, Mike. They meet up in Arizona. Kyler Murray MVP train is starting to get on the tracks right now. I would like to see Kenny Galladay play so I can take Will Fuller out my darn lineup. Yeah, me too, man. I've got a lot of shares of Kenny G, so hopefully he gets back out there this week. Uh, the backfield is still very confusing, although the DeAndre Swift could end up being in play uh, in a game that could see a lot of points put up on the board, which means uh, a lot of passing. So Swift could be an under-the-radar play. I think Hawkinson is is a top 10 play this week last season week one against the Cardinals I know they've improved a little bit on defense but he absolutely smashed that defense so he's in play he's getting enough targets where he's become a top 10 fantasy tight end uh if Galladay comes back then Marvin Jones is a bit of a fade for me in this contest only had 10 points in week one against Arizona last week so uh Stafford I think is in play too this is a potential high scoring affair so Stafford could just be in this game going back and forth. If his guy Kenny G is back, I think he could end up being a top 12 play at quarterback. I'm going to have my eyes on this game, Doc. It's, I think it's some interesting pieces in this. Yeah, you better get your eyes on this game because of this, this, this game might win somebody a million dollars. I agree with Stafford. I like DeAndre Swift. I like Kenny G, not the, not the musician, but I like the player, Kenny Galladay. <laughs> I'll say this about uh, – so th that's on that side. I think this is a Kenyon Drake week. Yes. No, it's a Kenyon yes. Drake week. Everybody's talking Kyler and everybody's talking Hopkins. And of course, I like those guys. But Kenyon Drake is part of this offense and you need him to get rolling. And this is one of those weeks where you can get him, much like Aaron Jones last week. The Packers needed to get Jones involved. And I think Drake gets involved. And I think he's the guy to watch for the Cardinals this week. You know, my niece, uh, me, we would sit up there, me and my brother-in-law, we would watch football on Sunday. He plays fantasy. I play fantasy. And last year, anytime Kenny Galladay would score, I would go, Galladay. And <laughs> <laughs> by the end of the season, whenever he would score, she'd be like, Galladay. Uh, and I'd be like, there you go. You picked and it he, up. Well, you. there was a lot of those. He had, what, 11? He was the league leader last season. Did a good job. Let's see if he can get out there this year. Final two contests. Then we get ready to send you guys about your business. Don't forget SI Fantasy Plus to get all the good information, getting that community. But Dr. Voto is banging out those questions on Sunday morning. The Dallas Cowboys travel to Seattle to take on the Seahawks. The Seahawks laying five, Mike. The, uh, according to the DraftKings Sportsbook, the Cowboys coming to this game. We expect the shootout. You know who the pieces are on Dallas. And you know who the pieces are on Seattle. 
I expect us to lose this game as well because our defense is absolutely just trash. But CeeDee Lamb's going to go off. Look at the numbers that the Seattle Seahawks defense has put up, uh, or excuse me, slot receivers have put up against Seattle's defense. In week one, it was Russell Gage. You know, this past week, Julian Edelman was just unbelievable. He was dynamite. So I think CeeDee Lamb is well within play. At, at this point, you're playing everybody in this game, right? I mean, you're playing Carson. You're obviously playing the quarterbacks. You're playing Lockett. You're playing Metcalf. Heck, I mean, Greg Olson may even be in the mix for Seattle if you're really desperate. Doc, um, we was talking with Fantasy Frankie on the Bull Market Fantasy Podcast yesterday. You can download down that now, too. Um, so I brought up uh, Mike's column about, you know, the start sit and CeeDee Lamb this week. Frankie said he is fading Lamb and playing Gallup. Oh. Yeah, I, I, I look, that's a, a smart move in terms of hedging. Right, because everybody—not everybody—Fabs is one hundred percent right. Not everybody knows how good, how how bad Seattle's been against slot receivers. But if you're onto that, you know that maybe 15, 15 or twenty percent are going to be on it. And Michael sure. Gallup, who didn't perform last week, he was like the only guy in that game who didn't. People are going to be down on. I never play Amari Cooper in DFS when he's on the road ever. Right, that's just just write that down as a Doctor Roto axiom. Don't play Cooper on the road. So I think Frankie's onto a contrarian move there. I like Lamb. I think he's the smart play, but I think Gallup is a super contrarian play this week. All right, let's get ready to the last game of the night: Green Bay Packers, New Orleans Saints, old school NFC rival. Got these two big quarterbacks on Sunday Night Football. Saints a three and a half point favorite. Mike on the DraftKings Sportsbook. You got the Packers. You got the Saints. Don't know what the deal is with Devontae Adams. He's likely going to be a game time decision. That'd be my bet. Yeah, I think so too. And and there's this game is going to be a bit odd, right? Because you've got the two top wide receivers in fantasy football, and we know Michael Thomas is not going to be there, and Devontae Adams may not be there as well. So who pick us, picks up the slack? Last week for the Saints, it was Traquan Smith, right? Uh, Deontay Harris was also in the mix, and Emmanuel Sanders was a distant third. That was a massive mm. disappointment. So and, uh, with Green Bay, you're going to think Alan Lazard, uh, MVS, those kind of guys are going to have to step up. So both of those end up could end up being pretty sneaky plays in DFS if Adams is not able to go uh, for Green Bay this week. So really interesting to see, right? Aaron Rodgers against Drew Brees. Rodgers has come back and become Aaron Rodgers again, at least for the first couple of weeks. He is a very good play in this game. You would expect this to be a high-scoring affair. But Drew Brees, even though it's a home game, and even though it looks like there's going to be some points put on the board, I've got my reservations about him right now. Without Michael Thomas, two straight stinkers in a row. Now he's got the Packers. I mean, their defense is not bad. So Brees, to me, if I'm in a traditional redraft, we only start one quarterback. I'm going Minshew over him. I'm going Ryan Tannehill over him. What do you think, Doc? I'm not a big Drew Brees supporter this year either. Okay, so watch last week's game closely. I think Emmanuel Sanders was open more than people think he was, right? Because, I mean, we were looking on him for, for him on a milk carton all game long. Yep. Now, here's the problem. Brees can't throw those 25-yard out patterns anymore. I don't think he's got the arm for it. He mm -hmm. was throwing all those quick patterns over the middle to Traquan and Deontay Harris. And those are the traditional Michael Thomas routes. He was throwing the ball to Alvin Kamara, right? He was throwing like eight to 12 yards. He's not throwing 20 to 25 yards. So I really believe that Drew Brees' arm might be close to, to shot here. So I mm -hmm. think this is more of a running game. Adams will play. He wanted to play last week, but they wisely kept him out because he didn't need to play him against the Lions. I think Adams is out there, but I would be absolutely worried about Drew Brees right now. I think that he, you need guys who can, who can be like the Thomases, the Kamaras, maybe the Traquans, but the Emmanuel Sanders, I think he's borderline cuttable. Ooh, wow. That's, that's, a, that's a hot take right there. 
And I guess we will leave you on that note right there. Don't forget SI Fantasy Plus to get all the information to help you win your fantasy football league and you get a part, be a part of that community where we go in on Sunday morning. For Dr. Roto and Michael Fabiano, I am Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, and we are out.